Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the latest Outsports Podcast. I'm uh, Jim with Sid in Los Angeles. Sid, do you like this sunny weather? <laughs> it's mean, Jim. I, I, I have not been able to help myself putting on social media just a, a, a little celebration of the weather. But it's pretty mean because people on the East Coast are being just demolished. Well, I have... a. Uh... Uh, a family funeral to go to tomorrow, uh, sadly, but uh, it's in New York, uh, it's in Pennsylvania, and it's going to be like high of like 10 degrees, so I'm going to I'm gonna get my winter Siberian blast for the next uh, four days, uh, and I realize I have like no warm or cold weather gear anymore, I mean, that. so I have all my family bringing stuff along with them who are driving up to the funeral, so. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry about that. Kevin, I know you've lost a couple of family members this week, and yeah. it's, uh, I'll well, we can talk polite. about it if you want. But <laughs> yeah, no, I just want to you know, it's it's um, but it's letting you know that the idea of the of the cold is like, well, I'm going to escape the cold. And I was like, well, no, I'm not going to escape the cold. So, um, but let's talk about more cheerful things. Um, do we have a guest today? I we, I got an email from you, and I wasn't sure if no, we don't. We don't. No, okay, we don't. got it. Okay. But we do have um, a couple of things to talk about, um, and one thing is to be able to start off because it's something Sid and I have talked about for years and have wrestled with: the idea about do do people have a responsibility to come out? And what sort of keyed this were two stories we had this week: one on uh, Dale Scott, the gay major league umpire, who came out in December, and the other on uh, Anthony Nicodemo and the effects he's had since he's come out as an openly gay high school basketball coach. And both these guys, what, just two years ago? Dale just was out publicly the last few months, and Anthony's had been less than two years, correct? Yeah, a year and a half ago. Um, And so you wrestle with this idea of, well, everyone should come out on their own terms, et cetera, which I agree with. But then in talking to Dale Scott, he relayed all the emails he got from people, and one he got from a 17-year-old in Southern California. Kid wants to become a major league umpire and thought, I have no chance because I'm gay. I mean, this will be my impediment. He reads Dale's story, and then it's like, oh, there is an openly gay Major League Baseball umpire, writes to Dale, and him and Dale have been corresponding, and Dale's going to go to lunch with him when he comes to Los Angeles. And Dale had been out for years within baseball and within his own circle, but not out publicly. And I asked him, I said, and the way I phrase it was, for people who are professionally secure, and he was professionally secure, do you think people have a responsibility? And I think, he, I think his mind has been changed by the impact he's had by being out just for two months that, yeah, if, you know, all things being equal, you can make a difference. I mean, this 17-year-old kid would still think it's impossible to be an umpire, pursue his dream, because yeah. at some point he'd stop up. And how many people has Anthony Nicodemo influenced parents and other kids who maybe had views of gay people one way, and now they have this coach that is open and is a huge success. 
And I mean, I think it sort of changes the calculus because people sort of had this idea that, well, we should all be allowed to come on our own thing. But I think there is a responsibility more for people in positions to do that, to do that. It's uh, it's hard because responsibility implies that if you don't do it, then you have you have done something wrong, and I, I get frustrated because I understand for the most part why some of these athletes don't do it. Certainly, some of them have real concerns about their future like Michael Sam Michael Sam coming out when he did was I'm that was just shocking I I never thought that I would see an athlete come out before he's even in the league on the on the on the on the cusp of the NFL draft but for a lot of these guys and so it's it's tough for me to say that those guys struggling to make a career struggling to make a living uh that they that they have some responsibility some greater responsibility to to kids they don't know than to their own futures but when I look at you know some other athletes who are not stretched for cash, who have made millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, whose legacy as athletes is totally secure, that they don't come out, it's hard for me to say that they don't have some kind of greater social responsibility to do good that rises above their own making a few extra bucks. Yeah, and I think that's a dilemma. Maybe the responsibility is a bad word. But in Dale's case, I never thought he did something wrong by not doing it. But I think he thought he was simply, you know, living the life he wanted to live. He was out to the people that mattered to him, both in, you know, his social life and in his per- uh, professional life. And yet this 17-year-old would have thought it impossible to do what he wants to do until he sees this story. So it really kind of changes the calculus on people who are secure. And Dale, in this case, was secure. Everybody knew it was like, I mean, you and I knew 12 years ago about him. Yeah. Um, and you're right. There are players, there are coaches, whatever, that it would be, you know, it would probably be detrimental to the career. But it really does wrestle with this idea that people, I do think, have some have to sort of think about a larger mission that, hey, if I am a success in my profession and my being gay has not been an impediment, maybe I could tell people this is possible. And then you inspire who knows how many people. I mean, even we have these young college athletes, people like Connor Mertens, whatever, doing stories. How many other people then decide to come out because of some 17-year-old that they can relate to? Yeah, I listen, there's there's absolutely no question that we hear over and over again this this domino effect when somebody comes out of the closet publicly, whether they're some high school kid or somebody in the pros, the the domino it, it just continues to knock down more dominoes, inspires more people to come out to their friends and their family and and even in, in social media. It it helps change policy, it helps continue conversation, it helps listen, I, I think the number one reason that we have same-sex marriage in as many states as we do is because people have been coming out. The, it's the number one way to change people's perspectives and minds on LGBT issues is for them to meet and get to know people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Their their attitudes change far more than being preached to by a a, a, a straight person. So it, 
there's no question the good that it does. The, the, the question at hand is, is there a responsibility for the news? And then if so, does that responsibility outweigh other responsibilities? Like they have responsibility to take care of their children and, and pay uh, child support if they have to and pay off their loans and pay for their house. And does what point, and maybe those two things are not at odds as much as the athletes think they are. Yeah, and, and then you have the second segment, and the one that I have a much harder time accepting that they don't have a responsibility are retired people in sports. Why on earth, if you're retired, pro whatever, fill in the sport, do you have to stay closeted your whole life or private or whatever? And it drives me crazy, and I've never heard what I would consider a really good explanation. The best I can come up with was, well, this is how their public persona was when they were active, and they think it changes the way people will think about them. But, I mean, Billy Bean has talked about this, of meeting, you know, baseball players who are retired who are, he, who are gay, and, he, you know, he says, why don't you finally do it? And they simply won't do it. Um, do you have a better answer of why these people, who clearly have nothing to lose <clears throat> athletically, would decide still to say, eh, I don't want to talk about it? I, yeah, I, I well, I I think there's two things. One, they're stuck in this mentality where it's bad or wrong to be gay, and they're going to be chastised. And the other piece is that they're addicted to that. That they're actually addicted to secrecy, and they're addicted to the um, the intrigue of being in the closet and and being the person that some people might might uh, like Billy Bean and us would would try to seek out. So I think they're actually addicted to the mental condition that is being in the closet, and it's and and it's kind of it's interesting. It's sneaky. It's uh, not. I shouldn't say it's sneaky, but it's. You know, you have a secret that, that that you're holding, and you like that idea of having this secret that nobody else has. So, you, and you don't want to give that up. Yeah, and even people who are out within maybe their their private sphere still don't want it to be public, and they think it won't matter. And in Dale's case, he was really surprised by how freeing it was once he became public. He thought, "Oh, I have no problem. I'm out to everybody that matters." And then he told an anecdote about it, speaking at a referee's smallest group of ref of umpires not about the gay stuff, just about being a major league umpire. And some guy up, just up bullshitting said, oh, so about his wife, he goes, what does your wife think? And he goes, I don't have a wife. And he said, oh, you're not married. He goes, oh, no, I'm married. I just don't have a wife. And the guy finally got, oh, he's gay. He said, before that story appeared, he would have said, I'm not married, and left it at that and kind of hidden that. And that's a small thing, but it really showed him that I don't have to censor myself around anybody anymore. And that in and of itself is really liberating for people. Yeah, you know, I, listen, I I write about LGBT athletes and people in sports for a living. And you and I are probably two of the most well-known people in the whole world who do that. Yet in my high school officiating crowd doesn't know that about me. And I've found myself at times also doing what Dale did that first year, kind of just uh, avoiding questions. And last year I just started answering that question, and it really was, it was liberating. I mean, I've, I've never been closeted. 
in 15 years, but I felt like I kind of was amongst this group. And and now that I'm not, it's just I just don't have any concerns or fears, and I'll just answer questions and talk about whatever comes up. So it, it really is, I don't know, as my performance is affected by it, but I think my confidence within amongst the group is. Well, so how did, give me an example of something, how does it come up and how did you respond in the affirmative that let people know in essence I'm gay? So last year, week two, I think, I was with a crew, the head referee was about, he's about a 70-year-old black guy, and I was going to Denver the next morning at like 6 a.m., and I mentioned that, and he said, oh, well, don't do what Kobe did. And I said, I said, I, I just positive. I was, what did Kobe do? He said, oh, you know, he went to Denver and he hooked up with that pretty lady. Yeah. Don't you go hooking up with pretty ladies? And I said, I, I said, he's, I, at some point he said, I can't remember how it went, but essentially he said, oh, I wouldn't be interested in her. And and he said, well, you're married, right? I said, well, yes, I'm married, but I don't have a wife. And he looked at me. And everybody kind of froze, and he said, well, you're just going to have to explain that to me because I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and I said, I'm married, but the person I'm married to is not a woman. And everybody froze for another, like, five seconds. And the younger guy in the room, who I've become friends with, just kind of said, oh, well, good for you. We'll have a great trip to Denver. And <laughs> veered the conversation and kind of just changed it. The other guy said, Oh yeah, that's no problem, no problem, no problem. It's okay, that's it's cool. And and at the end of the end of the season banquet, the, the two oldest guys in that room both came up to me and said, you know, we just hear great things about you, how you, and we think there's, you know, you've got really good things ahead of you in the future, and you just keep keep doing your thing, and you're gonna be great. And so you know, it uh, it just I don't know what other conversations they had beyond that or how they processed it, but end of the season they didn't care yeah and i think it's that's how most people do it has to be organic i mean people really don't stand up in front of everybody their co-workers ah, by the way i'm gay it's very you just do it naturally i remember when i sort of came out to everybody uh as a sports editor it was because i was going to the 1990 gay games uh with flag football team we wanted to raise money and i we were selling t-shirts and I went to everybody up in the newsroom, said, do you want to buy a shirt? And I explained exactly what it was for, what my team was, and that was my way of coming out. And some people were, like, hesitant in a second, like uh, they had to sort of do the calculus, and then it was finally, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take a shirt or whatever. And so it's, it, it's a way to do it without having to sort of, you know, have this grand pronouncement, which I think people seem to think that you have to somehow have a grand pronouncement. Well, you can do something simply as writing a story or, in your case, simply mention by the by, and that's how people kind of put two and two together, especially with gay marriage now, which hopefully will be legal everywhere in a few months, that you'll be able to say, I am married. And then what's her name? John <laughs> or something like that. And I do think it's a more organic way, and then people kind of, as Dale said, it's their problem anymore. It's not my problem. Yeah, and and it's, well, I, I, again, you know, and, and it's interesting because you think about the reasons people come out. So for the most part, these big-time athletes, you know, Robbie Rogers and Michael Sam and maybe a little less Jason Collins, they really came out to make their life easier. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael just figured it was going to come out eventually, and he reiterated that today in uh, Monday Morning Quarterback. And, and Robbie just came out because he just – I mean, he quit He quit sports. He wasn't really in touch with him to inspire anybody. He just came out because he had to. And So is their coming out less worthy? I mean, the biggest reason that I have been ta- talked about it this past year with my referees is I had two other referees come to me who were closeted <clears> – <throat> saying how scared they were. And I thought, well, this is my, I kind of did feel like this is my responsibility as somebody who's comfortable to be able to try to, to try to change this dynamic in this group. So does it, does it make my coming out, um, you know, more, I don't know, socially welcoming than welcomed than, than somebody who just comes out for themselves? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult issue because you do hear people say, and we've got this thing, oh, these people just want attention, they want publicity, or, you know. And yet, how, it's the only thing, being sexual orientation, the only thing people accept if you say, you have to sort of acknowledge it, right? The media will not write about, would not have written, they all knew Michael Sam was gay at Missouri. Nobody wrote about it because Michael didn't talk yeah. about it. So you almost have to affirmatively state it or else no one will sort of believe Johnny Weir, another example. No one said he's that we said he was gay from the start. Nobody would label him, I, in a, I don't mean label in a bad way, but you know, as, an open, you know, as a gay figure skater because he hadn't said the word himself. So it's not being you know, attention-seeking or publicity-seeking. It's basically saying you kind of have to sort of go on the record before the rest of the world will sort of acknowledge it. Yeah, well, yeah, of course, because people, cause people are, I mean, they realize that it is a personal decision, and that's why we don't out people. It's, it is a personal decision, even though it frustrates us to no end that more athletes won't come out and more coaches. Um, you know, it's what's interesting is I've talked to people who won't even talk about having a gay family member who are in professional sports. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wrote a story today about, you know, nine professional athletes who have, have done so, but there, there are people who won't even talk about having a gay son, <laughs> and they're in professional sports. So it's 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 just it is odd. I, I and they everybody has their reasons and excuses, but none of really, as you said earlier, none of really hit me like, oh, that's a really good reason. Yeah, and again, it's it's a tricky terrain mm-hmm. because straight people never have to announce their orientation. It's simply assumed you go out on dates, It's everybody's open about it. But, you know, the gay thing, you have to take that next step. So it's a little bit awkward to sort of say, like in Dale's case, I have to have a story done about me. I mean, he came out actually in a photograph in a magazine that nobody saw, meaning that no one picked up on because it's a subscription-only magazine, except one of our readers who alerted us, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it just, and so I understand the, me- the mechanics of it seem a little bit awkward, but there's no other way to do it. And once you do it, it becomes... I mean, he's not going to be Dale Scott, the gay umpire, and you know, except for whoever's doing a feature on him. The story's about if he blows a call or has a controversial call, they're going to talk about the call. They're not going to talk about, oh, the gay guy got it wrong. Um, and he said, I asked him, does he expect anything negative? Uh, Dave Pallone, I've used saw Dave Pallone, said, oh, he's going to get, you know, it's going to be terrible for him this year. And I think it's going to be nothing for him this year. I mean, I think his... What, could, what, what does Pallone think could happen? Oh, that the fans and everyone's gonna be, you know, abusive, and you know, he's and Dave Pallone's talking about his, you know, from like his mindset of 25 years ago. And Dale said, if a uniform personnel, which is his term for players, you know, or any manager or coaches, 
say something not appropriate and the F word, and we, you know, we don't, we mean the F word, the gay F word, that's inappropriate. He'll toss them. They're out of the game. And he goes, and if a fan says something, that's life. He, the fans are going to do what they're going to do. But my prediction is he's not going to hear anything. Probably because most people don't even fan, know anyway. What fan is going to yell the F word or get out of here, homo? I, I just don't think the fans next to them will tolerate it because there will be gay yeah. people around them. There will be people with gay kids around them. And as far as ejecting somebody for that word, I, I was in a game this year with a, a head referee who didn't know I was gay. And one of the kids, one of the players, called one of the referees of, uh, the F word. He, The referee overheard it, <clears throat> told the White Hat, the head referee, that it had happened, and no questions asked, that referee ejected the player. No questions asked. The, and the coach didn't complain about it and come to find out that referee has a sister who's gay. So you uh, never know what, who you're going to say it in front of. And you, it takes a lot of cojones to, to say that word in, in a crowded stadium. Yeah, and if a player, I mean, let's imagine if a player or manager did it. You imagine the attention, the publicity that would get negatively towards that person. I mean, baseball would come down hard with a hammer. You know that they'd suspend the player, and and, and it would be like this person's name would be. People would just, and and I don't think it's going to happen. A Dale is very well liked, and my guess is probably most players they live in their own world anyway. I mean. Probably, you know, probably nobody of them even saw the story. There was a few tweets by players, but, you know, and managers are professional. Well, i got to say, you know, you faggot, you know, you blew the call. <laughs> they do that, and all of a sudden yeah. that's the lead to sports center. So-and-so suspended, you know, manager suspended for a month. for, And so it just like it, it's – so I think Dave Pallone was, was coming at it from what it was like when he was, you know, outed, which was terrible for him. He had a terrible time. Um, you know, in his in his thing coming out, and things have changed in 25 years, fortunately. Yeah, and I think this is why some of those guys that Billy Bean talks to, some, you know, Hall of Famers and guys who were around playing 20, 30, 40 years ago, they're still in that mentality. They still believe that the, the world will, will co- collapse around them and somebody will remove their bust from the Hall of Fame if they come out of the closet. Yep. I, I, th- th- I mean, that's we see that all the time. So it it, it, it is a generational thing. And kids today are like, yeah, I'm, I don't think there's going to be a big deal. Because there isn't a big deal. They've seen it over and over again. It's not a big deal for their peers. Well, it's interesting. Dale was at – Billy Bean spoke to the umpires. They have a meeting, annual meeting, and, like, Billy's speaking to everybody – and Dale said, this is a tough crowd, extremely conservative, a lot of these guys, politically and culturally. And he said, you can hear a pin drop. And all these people were saying, boy, you'd have to be have a heart of stone not to be moved by Billy's story. And it's the power of the story that Billy tells that sort of reaches people. So, yeah, I, I think things have changed. And I think you, you had a great story about Anthony Nicodemo and tell people about, you know, these parents who – you know the the way they the inspiration what Anthony's done to their son in that program. Yeah, they had. I went and watched a game of Anthony's. Uh, he's a high high school basketball coach in Westchester County, and I went and watched a game of his about three or four weeks ago. And 
I talking to one of the the dads. The dad said, you know, I've had four four sons come through this program. He had he has two on the on the team now, and he had two a few years ago. He said, I just wish Anthony had been the coach for all of them. And one of them, his son Mike, was drafted by the Oakland A's out of high school. Mm-hmm. The kid's a great athlete. He 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 had attention from Major League Baseball, but he just shakes his head that what a basketball player he believes that his son could have been if he just had a better coach. And he just, you know, the, the, both the father and the and the mom just could not stop praising what Anthony has done for the program and the city and the kids and how much care and attention he takes. So it's uh, it's it's. It's powerful because they, they don't, again, they don't care. <laughs> the mom says, oh, I bust his balls about being gay all the time. That's just a relationship that they have. that They can kind of make fun of each other for, for that stuff. So, But, but they, again, they don't care. Yeah, I think that's that's the ultimate thing. And so I do think, I mean, I don't know what the term would be. It's not responsibility, but there's some obligation at some point for more people to do this. Uh, because the, the stories they tell really do impact people. It, it is still interesting. You think you would think some 17-year-old would realize, yeah, the world's changed. But man, people are still they're they're figuring out their own sexuality. They're maybe not out to their parents. They're scared, and they think, oh my god. As one teen once told me, it was his oh shit moment when he realized he was gay, and it was like that's all you think about. So you have to realize you're going to well, be reaching a lot of people. Well, now here's another thing that we never really talk about, Jim. Is what is the responsibility of the people who are not LGBT, who are in power, to make sure that 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 gay athletes and and lesbian coaches have every opportunity they can get? Because we see over and over again. I mean, I think Michael Sam's not in the NFL because he's gay. I think mm-hmm. Shannon Miller at the University of Minnesota Duluth is is not going to be the head women's hockey coach because she's a lesbian. What is the responsibility of the people in power to make sure that stuff does not happen? Yeah, well, they, that's actually the greater responsibility because if your culture is one that it is not accepting, um, that's going to cause people to stay in the closet. I mean, fortunately for Dale, Major League Baseball has been a million percent supportive to him. So any other gay umpires, if there are, will know they'd have the, they have their back. But in the, especially in women's sports, it's actually much worse, I think, in many ways for women because there are a lot more, you know, the, the whispers and the rumors about lesbians and basketball and the negative recruiting. And you see what happens to these programs. It really it, It's a disgrace, especially at institutions of higher learning where they should be taking and at the forefront. And this stuff still exists and there's still this old boys network and it's, yeah, I think it's actually a greater responsibility because they create the culture that allows people to feel comfortable enough to come out. Yeah, I think I think it's a two-way street. But once somebody once somebody who's LGBT makes that leap, takes that step, there has to be a safety net there to catch them. There there has to be there. It doesn't necessarily have to be a branch Ricky though. And I mean, in Michael Sam's case, unfortunately, it might might take a branch Ricky. It might yep. take an owner just saying, "Nope, this is this is the way it's going to be." And general manager so and so, you have to figure out how to make it work because that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, and in Michael's that case, just, might be just give him a chance, right? That's he wants a chance. He's not. No one's saying put him on a roster. Saying give him a chance to compete for a roster spot. 
I'm kind of saying put him on a roster. I almost think that it has to be intentional at this point. The fact that he has not even gotten, he's been cut from two teams. He's he hasn't been able to get a phone call. Uh, yeah, there's no futures contract. There's just there's no interest in. I mean, I, he, I listened to NFL radio on Sirius when they're talking about defensive ends who are out there, and somebody even mentioned that they like this undersized defense, free agent defensive end who's not Michael. They don't talk about Michael Sam. Yeah. So it's I, I almost think that it has to be intentional that somebody is going to have to say, I'm giving him a chance. I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a roster spot. As long as he doesn't screw up. I mean, he went to the Rams. He didn't screw up that preseason. Mm-hmm. He played quite well. As long as he doesn't totally screw up, somebody it might take somebody saying, this is the way it's going to be. He's on the team. Yeah, so yeah. So we both understand it's it's not easy for a lot of people to do this. So we're not saying everybody has to come out, but there are a lot more people who can do it and not have any negative impact or ne- negative consequences and only have positive impact. Yeah. Well, you know, when we started this call, Jim, I was I I I'm I'm trying to go to Burning Man this year. This is my Christmas present uh-huh. to Dan, and we started the podcast a half hour ago. And it says that I am it's, uh, that the, the line ahead of me for a ticket, the online line, is more than an hour long still. <laughs> so I was able to click the, you know, get in line button, and now I have God knows how many tens of thousands of people ahead of me still. Well, good luck. I might not be going to Burning Man. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, Moon, um, maybe I'll run into some gay athletes at Burning Man. What happened to Burning Man stays in Burning Man. I know. I never wanted to go, but Dan's been begging me. But um, all right. Well, that's all. All the time we have this week. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>